before I became a tenor, I um, was living in a three-bedroom house, and it did catch on fire, and so I, I was displaced. And I used to walk around and, you know, see people on the benches and in the streets and in the uh, storefronts, and I would ask them, would you like, to, would you like a, a tent? And someone would say, yeah, but I don't have no money. So I would say, well, okay, I'll go get you the tent. You're going to pay me back? And they would say, yeah, I'll pay you back. So that's how I started off buying tents. Welcome to another episode of Look at This. I'm Michael O'Connell, a journalist and podcaster living in the Washington, D.C. area. Since September 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, I've been showing the homeless men and women who sell the Street Sense newspaper in our nation's capital how to podcast. Rita Sauls is known as a tent facilitator because she purchases and sets up tents for other homeless people living in the encampments around Washington, D.C. The first guy Rita bought a tent for was living in an encampment in a park in Georgetown near the Watergate complex. I took him the tent and he reimbursed me. He didn't know how to put the tent up, so that was the first tent I put up for somebody. So after that, he passed the word on that I had put his tent up. So then people started asking me to to put tents up for them. So they bought their own tents, and then I would just put them up. But the ones that didn't have money for tents, I would buy them tents, and, um, and then they would, someone would reimburse me. Where I'm tending that now, it was an old lady there. She was living on a bench. So when I came there and I seen her living on a bench, and I was like, oh, no, that's not cool. I know she has to be at least 70-something. So I bought her her first tent. So I became known as the tent facilitator. So most of the people that see me walking on the, on the bricks, they say, you got a tent? Every Tuesday, I record interviews for our podcast at the meeting room in the Church of the Epiphany on G Street Northwest. It's actually about three blocks from the White House. Rita is one of the Street Sense vendors who drops in every couple of weeks to talk. I was wrapping up my weekly interviews recently when Rita said she had something she wanted to talk about. What have you been up to? You said you want to talk. What do you want to talk about? I think I just want to spend a few minutes to talk about how people that's on the on the bricks or homeless, how they in, some sometimes suffer uh, or incur losses. Uh huh. And the reason why I'm feeling that is because I just lost a second bike. You lost a bike. Okay. Yes, I had my bike stolen Thursday, and I don't know if you got a chance to see it. I don't know if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. You had, and it's not like it's not just a bike; it's like a little motorbike, right? And yeah. so this is the second one you had. Yes, this is they got me. This is the second time they got me, and I just thought it would be just interesting to note that when you're out on the streets they think people are always bringing you stuff but I just want you to know or whoever to know that we do incur a lot of laws uh-huh. and since I've been tenting I have lost the two bikes I've also lost the iPhone a tablet and of course just 
Let it be known that we do impure laws. Is is not we're not always on the receiving end. Right. Yeah. This idea that 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 you guys are just getting all this free stuff. Yes. Now, is it is it homeless people stealing it, or is it other people stealing stuff? Actually, you really don't know who who is stealing it. Tell me about your bikes. Tell me about the first time you got one. What what were you using it for? Just basically as a as a means of transportation. The first bike they actually stole. I mean, when I say they actually stole, I mean I don't know who took it. The second bike, it was like a, t- a new type of theft where. It's like, oh, let me ride, and then you never bring it back. Okay. <laughs> it's like your worst best friend. Okay. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you can try my bike, and then they never come back okay. with it. Okay, yes. Now, I, I think you were talking to somebody last week after you, or the last time I saw you where you had the bike back, that somebody had sort of ridden it away and right. brought, brought it and back. brought it back, yes. But that, that guy did bring it back. But this guy, or this person, I guess they... <laughs> Plan on keeping it forever. I mean, what do you do? I mean, if you lose your cell phone, if you lose your 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 bike here, your motorbike, uh, what do you do? Okay, well, the cell phone. The reason I lost that is be is due to the cleanup. Uh-huh. So I kind of, uh, I guess I kind of put that on the mayor's. Or I, I put that on her on her list because it was in the tent when they came for the cleanup. Uh-huh. They threw the tent away, so. That's how I lost the iPhone. The D.C. government tolerates many of the encampments around the city. However, it also periodically sends out work crews to clean out the encampments. I can't vouch for they clean up. They say they clean up. Only thing I can say is if you're not there, when they do come for the cleanup, they do have the right to throw your belongings out. So they just take everything that you've got. Yeah, so okay. I wasn't there and I had the iPhone and a tablet and a couple other things that was there. Uh-huh. It was very expensive that they threw out. The other night, the guy that sits in front of Macy's, he gave me $50 to go. He's in a wheelchair, so he's mm-hmm. not mobile. He gave me $50 to go to the liquor store and to get him a fifth and some cigarettes and um, a couple of lighters. And when I brought it back to him, he was, you know, kind of like, I'm, I was not really sure if he was coming back. <laughs> Even though I know that you consider yourself a facilitator, but I really wasn't sure if I was going to see that $50 again. So I gave him, you know, everything he sent for. And the next day when I seen him, he said, Somebody stole my fifth of liquor. <laughs> then we're going back to losses again. <laughs> he says he stole my fifth of liquor. I did get to drink about three or four swallows, and it was gone. So that goes right back to how we lose, how we out here, and we still incur losses. Okay. I, I, I want to I follow up on something here that you, you kind of said and that you've said before, that you're a tent facilitator and you're selling these tents for five bucks. Where are you getting tents? Uh, actually, I was lucky I had a little extra money, and I was able to buy some tents, and then I was able to get something free. Where are you set up now? Right now, I'm next to the fire department. Okay, how many people are in that encampment? Uh, it's probably 30 tents there. You get along with everybody there? Uh, yes, we get along, and basically we don't lose 
stuff to each other. We usually lose stuff to people that's not in an encampment. As Rita told me about the losses she and the other tenters had experienced, I remembered another story she had told me a couple of months ago about a man who died in her tent. He was an older gentleman. He was 70 years old, and we had been friends for around 30 years. And it made me realize that it's more to having a home and a place to stay than just saying I'm inside because he had a home and he had a place to stay. But as we just said, he still decided to come and pass away in my tent. This whole homeless issue is really more than being sheltered. It's more about are you happy? Whether you're inside or you're outside, are you happy with your life? Because I'd have never thought that he would leave his house and come and stay in my tent which he stayed there for 11 days before he passed away. Everybody was saying, why didn't you make him go home? Or, you know, But my thing is, if he's my friend and he want to be around me, I want him around me too. It would never occur to me to ask him to go home. Just it had never occurred to me that he would pass away. So what was he, uh, was he ill? No, he wasn't ill, but, you know, he had medical issues. He had a pacemaker. He had been a cancer survivor and basically just just medical issues. But he wasn't sick to the point where, you know, he or anybody else probably thought he was going to pass away. There's no job description as near as I can tell for being a tent facilitator. But after talking to Rita, I think it has something to do with noticing an old woman sleeping on a bench and wanting to get her a tent, or running an errand for a man in a wheelchair, or knowing when to be a friend. I asked Rita why she thought her friend wanted to spend his last days in her tent. I think the main reason that he did come to the tent was to basically let not just me, but all the other tenors know that what's important is not whether you have a place to stay. What's important is your state of mind and your happiness. So I think that's basically why he came to the tent and passed away, to basically to let us know that that's not what's important. Being sheltered is not what's important. What's important is being happy and uh, basically having a life that you want to live. listening to my conversation with Rita Sauls, a tent facilitator in Washington, D.C. She's also one of the vendors who sell the Street Sense newspaper. If you see them out on the street, buy a paper and ask them if they've ever gotten a tent from Rita. Look at This is a podcast produced by me, Michael O'Connell, and the homeless men and women who sell Street Sense. Our theme music was written and performed by another Street Sense vendor, Saul T. You can find out more about this podcast and the Street Sense newspaper at streetsensemedia.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>